Hi, today is the second Sunday of 2022. Not only does time fly by so fast, but the changes in life also happen so quickly. Last week, I was just announcing about the resumption of our on-site Sunday worship services, how we will be seeing each other soon. Then suddenly, everything changed in just a matter of two to three days. And we even have to edit out our reopening announcement from our worship video at the very last minute. Now we are back under alert level 3 with restrictions again. It is indeed so difficult to make plans for our future. In fact, just to make plans for next week can be challenging. How do we live life in these uncertain times? What Bible principles can guide us in this season of change? We have a guest speaker today. He's a dynamic and creative pastor, a famous vlogger, and is, in a way, a celebrity in his own right. But before I introduce him, may we first prepare our hearts to worship God and to hear from Him today. Also, another thing to look forward to is to have Brother Junjun lead us in praise and worship for the very first time. So may we send him some encouragement after this. Come, let us now worship the Lord. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. There is no room for human merit, nor is there room for human boasting, for we are all saved by grace in Christ alone. Let us rejoice in worship, let us burst in songs of praise, for here in the power of Christ we stand.
As we face this new year with all its challenges and uncertainties, indeed, it is in Christ alone that we can put our trust as we look forward with hope to the year ahead. Shall we pray? In Christ alone, our hope is found. You are our light, our strength, our song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when strivings cease. Our comforter, our all in all, here in the love of Christ we stand. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to our final breath, Jesus commands our destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck us from his hand till he returns or calls us home. Here in the power of Christ we'll stand. Father, may we claim those words as we face this new year with all its new challenges. May you be our refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach, our fortress where we will not be shaken by the storms of life 
our identity, our worth, our value, our meaning, our significance, and our joy are in Christ alone, not in what we do, not in our performance or what people think of us. That's why we put our trust in you alone. People who claim to be trustworthy has proven that they cannot be trusted. In your promises alone do we find our security. Politics, people, and organizations may let us down, but your resurrection proves there is a reason to have hope, and in you alone we find that hope. Whether we have just walked through the greatest year in our life or we are glad to see the past year over, one truth remains. We are not alone, not ever. For you, our God, is a with us God on the heels of the celebration of the birth of your Son. That reminder has a power to carry us right into a fresh new year. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And those things and people around us may shift and change. You never change. Heavenly Father, I pray for each member of New Millennium Evangelical Church that you will not only bless us with good health and success in everything that we do this new year, but that spiritually, may we all be more and more like Christ in our character, in our love for the things of God. May we learn to desire you more, to grow in the knowledge of your word, in holiness and in the pursuit of righteous living. May we be a blessing to others so that they may witness Christ lived through us. May we grow to love the work of your kingdom and be a true disciple as we disciple others. May we continue to bear the fruit of your spirit in our life that will reveal your work in us. May in all our decisions bring glory to you in our family, in our work, in our business, in our life. May you sustain us with your grace accomplish the things that you have begun in us and faithfully finish the work of perfect, perfecting us in Christ. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ alone, whom we have put our hope and our trust. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. We have a special guest speaker today. We are both thrilled and honored to have him share with us God's truth. Joe Bonifacio is a pastor from Victory Santa Rosa. Before this, he served as a campus missionary with Every Nation Campus in a variety of roles. He graduated from Ateneo de Manila University with a degree in political science. He also hosts a popular vlog, Joe Bonifacio on YouTube, and a podcast Anything goes with the bonies with his wife. You can check those out. They are really good. He's married to Carla Rica Paralejo, and they have two sons, Philip and Manu. May we be blessed as we listen to God's word through Pastor Joe. Hello, good morning. Uh, New Millennium Evangelical Church. Thank you so much for having me to, to speak. Uh, I know this is virtual and recorded. And um, I will say that I hope I can worship with you in person one day in the future when, when this pandemic is over. Excited about you guys being able to resume on-site services soon. I pray that God will be with you with that. 
Thank you, Pastor Jason, for the invitation and to Sister Robin for the connection. Um, we met through Instagram uh, because she had been sending children's books to my family. And my wife and I are huge fans of her children's books. Great ways to start important conversations with our kids about faith, about uh, character development. And so thank you, Sister Robin, for that work. And so I'm grateful for the chance to be here with you this morning, here meaning online, and hopefully to be with you in the future. Maybe in one of your uh, hymn celebrations, those Christmas hymn performances that I've seen online, uh, and I hope to be able to participate in in person one day. Um, as we go into today's message, I was excited by the concept that Pastor Jason shared and the thought of life principles for a new world. Like how can we be guided with what is going on in life right now. And I, I have a few things to share here today, but before that, I'd like to start with a prayer, if that's okay. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are loving. And so we can trust you, Lord, that even as things begin to change all around us, that we can trust that you will work things out for good. We ask you, Jesus, to be with us and to, for your Holy Spirit to illuminate your word to guard the way I speak it, and also to help us receive it in the best possible way, to produce life, and that will glorify you and serve others. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in making that point, the author of the book of Hebrews is talking about how things change. And this was a church that was that the people who were being written to were people who were going through much difficulty, much hardship. And one of the most comforting things that the author could say about this is, Oh, maraming nagbabago, many things are changing around you, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want us to keep that in mind as we go into today's message because as we were looking at it, I was praying about what to share here. And uh, I kept reading Pastor Jason's letter over and over again. What principles do we live by? And generally, when I speak, I like to have one text that I'm jumping from, one text, one Bible verse that I'm jumping from, and expound that text. But as I kept praying about this, I said, Lord, what am I living by? What are you speaking to me? And what have I seen you doing in other people's lives throughout this, this pandemic? And I began to write down principles that have guided me, that have, that have benefited from other people. And that's what I want to share with you today. So we'll kind of hop around a few different verses. But the main thing I want us to see is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I'm about to share, these four principles to live by, in contrast to the world that we have right now, these four principles are nothing new. They're not different. They're not uh, groundbreaking. They're not original to me. It's just really what we've been hearing this whole time, but this pandemic. And the resulting changes with the way we do school, the way we do life, the way we do marriage, the things we've learned about each other and the world around us, all of these changes are part of God's plan for us. And they, what they do is they serve to highlight for us God's word in a way that we look at it and say, ha, huh, I've known that all my life. I've known that much of my life, but now I'm really beginning to understand it. Because that's what God is doing. See, this pandemic has shaken our certainty, hasn't it? We used to be so sure about our plans. We used to be so sure about our security and what we're able to do. And now we're not. 
I don't know if you have this sensation going with you, but I have it now. Where sometimes I'll watch a TV show, I'll watch a Netflix show or or an old movie, and I'll be like, oh gosh, they're not social distancing. Why are they so close together? Why is that person screaming? And you can clearly see saliva droplets flying in the air. Why don't they have face masks on? And that's because this peace of mind that we used to have, this blissful ignorance that most of us used to have whenever there would be huge crowds, um, people coughing around you didn't really bother us before. Now, it's like, it's it's dangerous. The pandemic has shaken so much is the point I'm trying to make. And yet in doing that, God is showing us how He has remained unchanging. And that's why we were not wrong to trust in Him. In fact, the things that are being shaken are just things God wants to remove so that we can continue to hear from God and follow Him in this world. Post-pandemic, middle of the pandemic, who knows? But we know God is unchanging. And that's why we can move forward fearlessly, even in this time. Four principles that I want to share that people of God can be guided by, can be led by, in contrast to the world around us. Number one, in this pandemic. Number one, in a world full of spectacle, find what is truly valuable. In a world full of spectacle, find what is truly valuable. You know, this pandemic um, in many ways has shown us which things are not that important and which ones are. Diba nga yung isang madalas na binabanggit, lalo na nung simulan ng pandemic, the things that was often mentioned in the beginning was essential. Essential workers. Essential. Is this essential? Is that essential? And that is because when things are scarce, when resources are hard to come by, when, when every action, every move needs to be considered, then we have to figure out what is really essential. And so many non-essential things have been revealed, haven't they? I don't need to be in the mall that often. I don't need to be in the grocery. I don't need to go out that long. I don't need to party that late, that much. But what do we do need? I need relationships. I need conversation. I need space. I need privacy. These are things that we found that we need. And in the world that's full of spectacle, that's full of social media posting, people presenting themselves in a false way online, we need to find what is really valuable because that's what matters. Stop chasing spectacle. Stop chasing what other people are chasing for. Find what really matters and you'll be fine. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat your drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? What he's saying here is that people worry about food and clothing, but life and, and the body is more important than food and clothing. What is he saying here? God is showing a contrast of what is truly valuable. What the world chases after is food and clothes, enjoyment, and looking good to people around us. But God is saying here that what is important is life. What have we found in this pandemic? If we can stay alive, if the people we love, some of us have lost loved ones. Why is that so painful to us? Because we think to ourselves, if I could trade, if I could trade so much of these things around me for life for life that cannot be replaced. Life is more important than food. And the body, our health, is more important than clothes. One discipline that I learned from this, when I learned about this insight from my father and from my brother, I realized 
what am I doing every day? And how much is it adding to the value of life and the body, to my relationships and to my health versus just my enjoyment, versus just my clothes, how I look to other people? What is truly important right now? If we want to thrive in this world with the quote-unquote new normal, whatever that looks like, it's so funny, people are rushing to define it when it's not even done changing. But if we're trying to find a life that matters in that place, we must find what is truly valuable. Your walk with God, that's truly valuable. Your health, your relationships around you, that's what matters. If you have those things, you're going to be fine. But so much of our life is spent chasing after the things that don't lead to that. Perhaps today, even as we start the new year, look at your schedule, look at your calendar, look at your plans, look at what you're praying for, and ask yourself, Lord, how many of these things are still going to be valuable at the end of the year? Five years, ten years, at the end of my life. Because we can never go wrong by chasing after the things that truly matter. The same chapter in Matthew 6 continues. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I know you know that verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be added to you. What are we chasing after? Now notice, we said the kingdom of God. Too often, people equate, when we say the kingdom of God, we equate this with the church building, the church institution, or the church services. That's part of it. I believe that's a part of it. And I think that's a valuable part of it. But too often, because we hear the kingdom of God equals that, we think, ah, then I should spend more time in the church. I should volunteer more. I should never go home. I should always be doing small groups or whatever church activities are being encouraged at the moment. That's not necessarily true. The kingdom of God is, the church is part of the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is greater than that, more than the institution, more than the building or the services. The kingdom of God is wherever God rules and reigns, in our hearts, in our workplace, in our family, in our schooling. Seek God there. Instead of just doing school for the sake of school or work for the sake of work or whatever for the sake of whatever, do it for the sake of God. And that establishes the kingdom of God at your school at your work, in your family, and now it has lasting value. That's what matters. In other words, how do I find God in the everyday? How do I find God? And you know, many people I've heard from our church that I'm discipling, people have said to me, it's so hard to feel God now because I don't get to go to the church service. I don't have the music playing. I don't have the group. And that matters. Face-to-face uh, meeting together matters. It's valuable. Pero pag hindi kaya, when it's not possible, how do I seek the kingdom of God here, in my home? Let me tell you a little bit about how my family's been wrestling with this. It's been hard for us because, you know, um, transitions, changes. Well, uh, if you follow my wife on social media, you'll see that uh, we went out of our house and we moved back in during the holiday season after renovating and fixing certain crucial things. So this room, this background that you see, this part is so clear but right off the camera is a whole lot of mess that I had to push off the frame. And so it's so, been so stressful and I've been irritable and I've been losing my, my, my temper with my, with my wife, with my kids, uh, sadly. 
And so what do we do then? What's the solution? To bring the kingdom of God here. Not to say, oh, I wish I could go to church, I can feel God again. No, no, God is here with me. We've been listening to worship songs. We've been meditating on the Bible, praying for each other, praying alone. And as we do that, the kingdom of God comes in. And guess what? The enjoyment comes back. First principle I want to say is in a world full of spectacle, find what is truly valuable. Secondly, in a world of control, walk in the freedom of God. In a world of control, walk in the freedom of God. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus Christ came to set us free. Set us free from what? From sin, first of all. People who sin often think that they are free to sin and that the ones who follow God are the ones who are enslaved. That's not true. People who sin, sin because they have no choice but to sin. They need to sin. They need to sin to feel loved, to feel pleasure, to enjoy. But when you are in Christ, you realize, I don't need to sin pala. I can actually do the right thing. Many of you have realized this in your life. And that's what led you to meeting Jesus. You tried to stop. You tried to be a better person. And you found you. How come you couldn't do it? And it's because you were a slave to sin. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ set us free from that. Some of you are listening to this and you're not yet followers of Jesus. I pray you hear me and that you realize that, God, I can be set free from sin. You can be set free from that struggle with lust, that addiction to pornography, from being so insecure, from putting other people down, from comparing yourself relentlessly to other people. Aren't you tired of that? Be free from sin. Put your faith in Jesus. And not only are we set free from sin, we're set free from fear. The Bible says that those who, have been, who are afraid have not been made perfect in love because fear has to do in punishment. That's 1 John. But when we receive God's love, we're actually set free from fear as well. Are you afraid today? What are you afraid of? Our world today is full of fear. All kinds of fears. Some people are so afraid of the virus that to them they will take anything. They will believe any restriction and they will get mad at other people for not doing what they think they should be doing. Because to them, you walking out there in the street with your kids, you're affecting my, your, my, uh, my livelihood. They're captivated by fear. On the other hand, there's other people who are captivated by fear. Fear of the government forcing them to do what they don't want to do. I don't want to be vaccinated. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want these restrictions. And now they're living in fear. Both of these are motivated by fear. The question is, if you live in the freedom of God, then you can be loving to other people and you know that you will not be made a slave again to fear. But you can cry out. And what I mean by that is, if, if, if God's telling you, if, if you think it's right to, do, to take this prescription and to, to take this precaution, then do it. And if you don't believe it, then trust God. But do the right thing. Don't be driven by fear. I personally have no problems with people who are vaccinated. Um, I got vaccinated in order to keep preaching at my church. I didn't want to in the beginning because I still had the immunity from having recovered from COVID myself. But when it became clear that it would be necessary for me to fulfill my calling to, by getting vaccinated, then I did. If other people in other countries are willing to risk their life to preach the gospel, then for me it was nothing to do that, to preach, to continue preaching at our church. However, I don't have a problem with people who want to remain unvaccinated. Now, don't do anything illegal. Don't fake the documents. That's the law of the land. 
And I am concerned by the government forcing people to, to do it against their will. Eh, kung ayaw nila diwag. But let everyone decide based on what God is telling them. And let us, if we want to convince one another, do it in a way that's loving, that's kind, that's gentle, not motivated by fear. You know what else we're free from? We're free from legalism. You know what legalism is? Legalism is about control. Legalism is about trying to get other people to do what you want them to do. You know what? That's the context of the verse we just read. For freedom, Christ has set us free. And people who are living under legalism are people who want to be controlled again. People who want other people to make decisions for them. Guess what? That's not right. That's not who God made us to be. And that's why even now when you go online and you see cancel culture, people canceling each other left and right, do you know what that is? That is just legalism writ large on social media. <laughs> that's all it is. And in contrast, believers of God, sons and daughters of Jesus, should not be participating in that game, should not be trying to out-cancel the people canceling them. Instead, we should walk in freedom. Freedom. Jesus Christ died to set you and me free. So why would we let anyone enslave us again? And why would we try to enslave other people? Sometimes church does this, doesn't it? For example, we're so concerned by the way people, um, young people behave with their relationships with one another. So we want to police every little detail. Guess what? If, if they want to sin, they're going to sin. You can't stop that. The sin is in their heart already. Putting all kinds of walls and barriers around them will only delay the inevitable. My dad used to say that to me when we were growing up in church. He would say, uh, Joseph, he would say to me and my brother, you guys, I have walls around you now because you are in my home. And I am a man of God and I, have, I d believe there are some boundaries I have to put in your life. But, he said, those boundaries mean nothing. One day you will be out of my home and the boundaries will be lifted. And if at that point, the Spirit of God has not won over your heart, you have not been set free in Christ yet, then you will behave like a sinful person again. See what matters, he says, are the boundaries that are in your heart that God has put there. Not what the church imposes on you or other people impose on you, but what God has said to you. In a world full of control, let us walk in the freedom of God. What is God telling you to do? You know what I think this pandemic has forced us to do in a good way? It's weakened the voice of church authorities like myself because you don't, you don't see, my, I don't see my church as face-to-face -face as often as I used to. I don't, I'm not as, as present in their life. But in the softening of my voice, I believe, God has given us the opportunity to hear more from the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. I celebrate that. I'm glad about that. I want to see more believers walking in the priesthood that God has given to all of us and hearing from the Holy Spirit, which is incidentally our third point. In a world of spectacle, find what's truly valuable. In a world of control, walk in the freedom of God. Number three, in a world of contradictory voices, be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Later on in Galatians 5, a few verses down from the verse we just read earlier, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desi desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. 
for those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Paul, in response, in looking at the legalism that the Galatian church was imposing on themselves, and verse 5 says, stop that, don't be a slave again. He says, the next question people will ask is, okay, fine, take away the precautions, take away the, the protocols, take away the, how will we make sure people will do the right thing? And he says, that's not how you make sure they do the right thing. You do that by walking with the Spirit. It's the Spirit who will keep us from disobeying. That's what my dad was saying to me all those years ago. Joseph, I will discipline you. I will teach you. But if you never learn from the Holy Spirit, all the discipline, all the teaching will not change. But to the one who is set free by Christ, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that is God himself inside of me, moving in me and changing the way I think, the way I talk, the way I walk. We need to trust the Holy Spirit in ourselves and in one another. It's amazing how Jesus would say, look in John 15, I think, where he said, it's better for you that I go away because I will send the Holy Spirit to you. I often wondered when I was a kid, how is that better? I would love for God to be beside me. I would love for Jesus to be right here in the pandemic with me. Wouldn't that be better than this vague Holy Spirit? No. First of all, Jesus, when he was on earth, was bound by the physical body. So if we wanted him, we'd have to share him. We'd have to schedule. Okay, Wednesday, he's with me. Tuesday, he's with you. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere. The other benefit of the Holy Spirit is because he moves from within. It is not an externally applied control on me that changes me, that brainwashes me. No, no, it's from within. Where I used to want to swear, I used to snap, I used to drink, I used to think I needed pornography to feel better about myself. The more I walk with the Holy Spirit, I realize I, I don't. I don't. I'm fine. My kids are going to spill something and I used to snap. I won't. What's happening? It's the Holy Spirit moving inside of you. In a world full of control, trust the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing idea that God would use the Holy Spirit as His way of empowering and mobilizing and even organizing His church. You look at that in contrast to the empire that was in place at the time, the Roman Empire, which was built on armies, controls, administration, taxes, aqueducts, roads, all of these external systems and infrastructure in order to make sure that the Roman Empire kept moving. And God says, I'm not going to build an infrastructure. I'm going to empower people by the Spirit. And the Spirit will break through. The Spirit will move. The Spirit will convict. The Spirit will remind. The Spirit will cause us to cry out and to pray. And that is how God's kingdom would be administrated. I think this pandemic has weakened many physical, man-made institutions, which are fine. Governments, businesses, schools, even churches are having to adjust and say, what really do we do? What really is our value? And yet, that doesn't mean the kingdom of God is not advancing because the Spirit is still moving. In a world that seeks to gain control, we must be led by the Spirit of God. Final point, final principle. In a world of spectacle, find what's truly valuable. In a world of control, walk in the freedom of God. In a world of contradictory voices, be led by the Spirit. Finally, in a world that's being shaken, 
receive the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hebrews chapter 12, going back to Hebrews. Like I said earlier, this was a church that was embattled, a people who were persecuted, who were wondering if there's any point to continuing in their faith. So much of the theme of Hebrews is continue. Tumuloy lang po tayo. Verse, Hebrews 12, 26 says, At that time his voice shook the earth. Going back to one of the most frightening, one of the most significant moments in Israel's history, when God's voice shook the earth in the covenant giving in Mount Sinai after the crossing of the Red Sea, after they were delivered from slavery in Egypt. But now, he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. This verse is saying that uh, God wants to shake things, but not out of malice, but so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us be offered to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We must be grateful, he says, for shaking the things that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. I think this pandemic has shaken a lot in us, hasn't it? Our plans, our sense of comfort. My wife and I have been vocal about that on our social media, about just ways we've been shaken, ways we've had to question ourselves. <laughs> and yet, as we start 2022, there's just so much peace. So much grace, so much unity and alignment and joy with one another knowing, you know what, the stuff that was gone, I, I didn't really need it that much. But I have Jesus. I have you, I say to her. Some of you, you may wonder, but, but I, I've lost loved ones. I can't even say that about my family. And we've, we're ministering to people right now. Lost spouses, lost parents, lost children. And what we have is a kingdom that cannot be shaken and that the things that have been made, this life is temporary. But our loved ones in Christ are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We will join them there one day. That is the kind of kingdom we have. You see, this world... Is being shaken. And that's a good thing. Now what often happens is some people, they'll be shaken, and then the time of shaking will pass, and then they just revert back to those old things, the old idolatries, the old things. No, let's not do that. I pray for us that whatever God has shaken in us has fallen away, old habits, old uh, impulses, that we will say, Lord, I didn't need that after all. Give me your kingdom. Give me your righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what I want. As I end, I believe these are the principles that will guide us for the future with what we're going through, with what's happening now. The world full of spectacle, we have in Christ that which is truly valuable. In a world full of control, then we walk in the freedom of God in contrast to that. In a world of contradictory voices, we are going to be led, we're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. And finding the world that's being shaken, we are grateful to have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Mm -hmm.
How do we receive all of this? How do we have access to all of this? It's simply through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We don't deserve to be part of that kingdom, but He came so that we could have that. And when we put our faith in Him, we can trust that we get all of the benefits that I've just mentioned. That which is truly valuable, freedom in Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, and being citizens of a kingdom that can't be shaken. I pray as we are guided by these principles and we apply them to our marriages, our parenting, our work, our planning for the future, our money management, all of those things, that we will know that God is fully in control and we have nothing to fear as we trust Him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that when You shake, when You do things, Lord, that reveal our fears, our insecurities, our worries, this is never done out of malice, out of punishment, Lord, for those in Christ, but it is done, Lord, out of love, and because you want us to have something even better. I pray for those, God, who are feeling that shaking right now, who maybe are struggling in vain, are still trying to retain control, are still trying to keep the old values. No, Lord, help us to see what really matters, what doesn't matter, and help us to let go of the things that don't matter so we can receive what really matters from you. I pray even for those, God, who are grieving, grieving lost uh, uh, resources, opportunities, plans, experiences, even lost loved ones, God. We pray that your comfort will be on them and will be close to them even now to minister to us, Lord, and give us the opportunity to, to see you even in the middle of that pain. And finally, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be agents of your kingdom wherever we go. People who, in a world, Lord, that wants to shout, to cancel, to do all those things to one another, we will respond the opposite way because we have a different kingdom. We have a different king. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to be with us this 2022. You are faithful, and that is our hope for the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Indeed, God is faithful, and He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And that is the hope for our future. Thank you, Pastor Joe, for sharing with us those important life principles for us to live by in this season of change and uncertainty. Can we review? First principle, in a world full of spectacle, find what is truly valuable. Second, in a world of control, walk in the freedom of God. Third, in a world of contradictory voices, be led by the Spirit. And lastly, in a world that's being shaken, receive the kingdom that cannot be shaken. May we remember those principles as we face the new year. And now for some announcements. First, we regret to inform you, our NMEC family, that due to the surge in COVID cases and the raising of the NCR alert level to three, the resumption of our on-site Sunday worship services will be postponed indefinitely. We will keep you posted regarding any updates in the coming weeks. In spite of everything that has happened in 2021, there are still so many things to be thankful for to give you an opportunity to give back to the Lord for all His countless blessings you may give to our New Year Thanksgiving offering. 
Our goal for this year is to raise 12 million pesos. You are under no obligation to give, but if it is your prayerful desire to worship and thank God through your offering, please kindly check out our Facebook page as to how you can give. Your generous giving allows us to carry out the mission of NMEC to be what God has called us to be. It is going to bless a lot of people around the world. Next, our adult baptism will be held on March 6. If you are at least 14 years of age, have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and are willing to profess your faith in public, you may register for the Membership 101 classes that will be held on four consecutive Sundays starting on February 6 from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Perfect attendance in all four sessions is a requirement for baptism. On the other hand, if you are already baptized, have worshipped with us regularly for the past six months, and would like to join NMEC's growing family, you may apply for church membership by enrolling in the same class. In consideration of government guidelines, registrants should be fully vaccinated. Interested persons may get in touch with Pastor Phoebe Yu or with the church office. Next, free copies of the devotional material are daily bread are available for our church members and regular worshipers. You may obtain a copy from Brother Lloyd Vincent Ngo at the NMEC Admin Office, Mondays to Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Each person is allowed to receive one copy only on a first-come, first-served basis. Lastly, if, we, if you wish to know more about NMEC, we encourage you to follow our Facebook page or to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Have a blessed new year again to everyone. Thank you for worshiping with us. Hope that you can continue to join us in the Sundays ahead. Now may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you and may He be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be upon us all. We love you. We thank God for you. And we are praying for you. Remember, the best is yet to come.